This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Thursday, January 19th, 2006. I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Sometimes. Welcome. I am sometimes the author as well <laughs> of The Buzz Report. It's been a while. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, CNET's podcast of indeterminate length, which actually happens most days, thanks to producer Veronica. <laughs> most days. Hi. Most days. Well, yeah, that was poorly constructed. <laughs> no, 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 I meant it. <laughs> oh, snap. Which, which happens more often than our columns, thanks no, it, to our fabulous it, producer, if Veronica. If it happens, That's it better. always happens because of Veronica. Yeah, well, no, Not, it happens most days because of Veronica. Most, some days, because that would imply oh, some days it happens in spite of Veronica. I see. <laughs> All right, moving on to the news. <laughs> and now the news. <laughs> it would be great if one day we actually went right from the introduction to the news. Federal government has subpoenaed Google search records. Nice. Nicely done. Uh, yeah, they. so if you have been on Google... Oh, keep doing that. No, if you have been on Google recently typing in sex terms, it is possible that the federal government wants to know about it, what terms you used, and possibly, although they have not said so explicitly... Who you are? But There's it, a uh, a case going on in San Jose, California. Isn't it for like kitty porn? Yeah, it's a, well, a, a case. Ostensibly, it's a, for kitty porn. Well, the case is about the Child Online Protection Act. Yes, uh, and the ACLU, amongst others, is fighting this, saying that websites cannot realistically comply with COPA, the the act itself, and mm-hmm. that the law violates freedom of speech. Uh, whereas the federal government is fighting that, saying, no, 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 it's good. It protects children and all that because it requires websites uh, to prevent uh, porn from being accessed by children. Right. So how does that lead to the federal government subpoena trying to subpoena millions of search records? I don't exactly understand how this helps their case, but they say it will help them in their case of proving that COPA is necessary, which I, I can see where it would be possible. By that showing would, that people are typing in a bunch of search yeah, terms. For, but exactly. the result is that then what they want to do is comb through millions of search results and search terms that were typed in and find ones that are specifically related to kitty porn. But then the, the result is that potentially you your IP address could be revealed if you just went on looking for hot girl on girl action as opposed to any kind of kitty porn term, right? Yeah. Or if perhaps you were writing a report on child pornography. Or if perhaps you're writing a report. Yeah, I mean, there are many, many, many issues and potential problems. And they have not specifically said they want to find out who is conducting any of these searches. They haven't said that. But there's no reason to think they wouldn't it's want implied. to because if they come across child porn search terms, you can bet your sweet bippy that they're going to want to know who did it. An attorney for the ACLU said Microsoft, Yahoo, and AOL also received identical subpoenas. And their understanding is that MSN and AOL have complied and that Yahoo has partially complied. But Google is saying... Heck no. Google, Although, yeah, Google has said yeah, Google unequivocally said no to News.com that they will resist the request vigorously. Yes. Although the government is not asking for internet addresses that would identify users, some legal esper- experts fear that disclosing search terms would invade privacy. The more the government can figure out who the surfers are, the more people's First Amendment rights are in jeopardy, said Peter Swire, a law professor at Ohio State University. Yeah, I think what the government wants is sort of a, a zeitgeist of like, hey, right. these are the kind of things people look for and this is what can be accessed so that they can then show how easy it is to find these sites and therefore, what, how necessary sure. COPA would be. That's what they say they want. That's what they say they However, want. However, the unfortunate slippery slope makes it a little bit dangerous. So, Meanwhile, I, I think Google needs to pay a little more attention to their video store. <laughs> um, 
And less time to resisting. Well, I don't know about less time to resisting. Federal subpoenas. Yeah, but, uh, I think maybe they could split their focus a little bit on that issue. Well, they, they maybe they need to t- spend less time in the video store and just stop it. But basically, uh, <laughs> yeah. they, they botched it even further. Apparently, a bunch of people bought segments and re- and were told they would receive an email from Google right. that would tell them how to download the video. As opposed to just streaming, which we talked about earlier. They then got charged and never received the email. Right. So a, a bunch of people were pretty angry about that because they paid and then they didn't get anything. Right. Uh, not even the crappy DRM streaming, but <laughs> but nothing at all. Nice. And you, uh, Google sent out a note recently. This is on the register that you may have noticed some problems. Rest assured the affected video files have been replaced. We are refunding your money and the video that you attempted to purchase will be available to you for redownload at no charge. Mm hmm. So they refunded the money and gave them the videos. Yeah, I, think I that's mean, beautiful. That's good, but it is it's really astonishing how badly they video, have screwed so, it up. So you can download the videos now. Well, I, you download In something. Theory. A something. file goes okay. on your machine. It hasn't, right. and so you that have hasn't to have changed. that file on your machine to watch it. But <sighs> yeah, you still have to be connected to the internet for most of these videos to right. be able to watch. What them. is the deal? And they have the 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 bizarre. Well, and one thing that I guess we have not made really explicit that is in this register article is that Google's DRM on its videos is a new and entirely new copy protection scheme. It is not Microsoft's. It's not fair play from Apple. It's a whole new Google created DRM scheme. So it adds like yet a third layer of copy protection for those of you who are hoping to easily. What's the first a third thing? layer? Apple and Microsoft. Oh, well, there's millions of DRM schemes So if you're DRM already fighting, well, yeah, but so if you're, but so not from huge players. Yeah. So if you're already fighting with the like, well, I want to get the creative, but will Apple's iTunes videos play on it? And I want to get the iPod, but will MSN videos, pl- videos play on it? Then you have this whole other question now of well, whether Google, Google videos will play well, but on it. that's not players. unusual. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a bunch of people are coming up with their own DRMs and that's the whole problem, right? It's not unusual, but why it's do they unusual, let the but, free videos play on like the video iPod, but not the purchase videos? Because yeah. the people providing them for sale no, to Google don't, don't want okay. them to be right. freely distributed. I'm not saying it's not unusual. I'm saying that Google is now a video player it's of the more, level yeah. of Apple and Microsoft. So right now, most people's argument to themselves about what player to buy is between Windows Media and Fairplay. Well, and Google, you can't even play these things on a, a, a Windows Media player. Yeah. You can't play them on anything because you have to be connected to the internet. Which I still will never understand. And you have to have Google's proprietary video player play them. David Pogue of New York Times, I love this, says, even if you give Google every benefit of the doubt, this video store doesn't live up to Google's usual standards of excellence. This, after all, is the company whose unofficial motto is don't be evil. In the case of Google Video, the company's fans might have settled for don't be mediocre. Yeah. Snap. I mean, yeah. at least they did the right thing and gave people the videos for free after they messed it up. But yeah, yeah. Uh. This is a good example of why Fox is sort of hanging back and just watching the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that they've done so far is announce, announced, they haven't implemented it yet, but announced a deal with DirecTV where you would be able to download shows before they air right. if you were a DirecTV subscriber. But according to Reuters today, Fox Television is taking a more cautious approach than rival networks in making its most popular TV shows available for new distribution outlets like video on demand and digital downloads. And thanks to Peter John for sending us that stuff. Yes. They are basically slow poking along and there are no plans to offer 24 for download on iTunes or Google Video. And meanwhile, frankly, just... Frankly, you wouldn't want to muddy your brand at this point with Google Video. <laughs> just to make the mess even bigger, the GPL is going to be very anti-DRM. And the GPL is what now? The general public license. <laughs> and that is what now? <laughs> oh, come on, you know. 
I know. Does everybody else know? Uh, this is the license that all open source, or not all open source software, but most open source software is distributed under. It's part of the free software movement, different from the open source movement. Um, free software also See, distributed under the that's why I asked you to explain that kind of thing. And, uh, and they're basically being anti-DRM in, yeah. the, in the license, which is good. Yeah. A lot of people are afraid, well, would this mean you won't be able to play DRM stuff on Linux? And it, it doesn't necessarily mean that. It's that it's a whole different thing. It just right. means that if you want to make some free software available under the GPL, then you won't include DRM in it. Right, which awesome. Maybe the ability to decode DRM, but not right. the ability to encode DRM. Exactly, which is sense. very nice. Well, because DRM is antithetical to free, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the free software founders basically say that they recognize it's a pretty aggressive position and they're likely to get in trouble with studios, but... They said it's enough, like enough is enough with DRM. And they say it's enough that the world has to pay attention to the DRM problem the way that people needed to pay attention to the patent problem 10 years ago. Although I would argue that they now have to pay just as much attention, (laughs) pay equal attention to both and live in terror of both DRM and patents. All right. When we come back, we need to get a life. Uh, BlackBerry Hmm. claims the U.S. economy could die and Mickey Mouse could get a new boss named Steve. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. Dude, I love our podcast. (laughs) It sounds so interesting when Tom sums it up. (laughs) This is big news, actually. And we ran into a guy in Macworld last week who tipped us off onto this. This is awesome. And I just want to point out, Macworld guy who tipped us off, that I brought this up at a Macworld dinner and a Wall Street Journal reporter, among others, were like, I don't know. And now here it is. But what is it? Oh, right. Disney (laughs) apparently reportedly is in talks to acquire Pixar. Uh Uh-huh. The deal would be a stock transaction and would make... Steve Jobs, the biggest individual shareholder in Disney. Wow. Yeah, now this is this is what's humongous. really interesting about that because Disney and Pixar have been in a little bit of a bickering match uh-huh. up till now. A little. And so the at first you hear Disney buying Pixar, it's like, oh, I guess that ends that Pixar. You've been stomped on by Disney until you read who the major shareholder of Disney becomes. Yes. And then it's a whole different ballgame. It's pretty crazy. Well, the companies have been partners since Toy Story. And they currently split costs, and Disney effectively has the rights, sequel rights, to Pixar films. And there was, so but, it wouldn't be an, a, a surprising move if they were to buy Pixar, because then at least they would just own it outright. Well, but there has been uh, disagreement on whether this deal would continue, this cooperation between them. Mm-hmm. But now that Disney bought them, well, it's going to continue. No, don't say now that Disney bought them. Well, they are yeah. talking. They're in talks. That's the true. They haven't signed a, a deal. The talks are they at a sensitive a stage. Oh, I'm sorry. Did Other I hurt their feelings? Other options are possible. Well, I just don't want people going like, oh my gosh. What would you say? It's an Tom sensitive said that stage. Disney bought Pixar. It's sensitive. <laughs> um, it sounds like... It's the, like when two people are dating, but they're not sure if they're serious. The Wall Street Journal reports that the current they terms under discussion talk. would have Disney pay a small premium to Pixar's current stock market value of $6.7 billion. Yeah, but this billion. could be huge. This could be a pretty big deal. Steve it's Jobs, not a, and don't get us wrong. It's not in a merger of Apple and Disney in either way. It's just you know, Steve that they would share. Right. You know, this is all about Pixar and Disney, but that's, you know, it's a big deal. who knows what could, what kind of cooperation. For a guy happen. with not much market share, Steve Jobs is indeed a he branding a lot of master. Mind he has mastered share. himself or marketed himself unbelievably well. But it's all going to be for naught because the U.S. economy will crash if RIM loses their BlackBerry suit. <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> Can you imagine the absolute ego to say, you know, it will ruin the entire U.S. economy? 
if people can't have their blackberries. That's like when your back is straws. against the wall. Now, our executive producer, Mark Larkin's in the room, and he is a crackberry addict. Edit. No, but now he's trio. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you, you withdrawals? So, so would you say no, that it is the shakes. Would you say it is actually possible to move from a blackberry to a trio without dying on the inside? I'm not dead yet. Yeah. Not dead yet. See? Not dead yet. But Mark's personal economy hasn't Rim, collapsed. Rim's pitch <laughs> to judge. <laughs> He's not sure. Rim says to made this pitch to judge James R. Spencer, who's providing over its patent fight with NTP, that its service has become a cornerstone of the U.S. economy. Thanks to its use by government agencies and Wall Street workers. BlackBerry, they say, is part of the nation's, quote, critical infrastructure. And it is essential to the U.S.'s economic security. Yeah, yeah. Okay, NTP has, okay. <laughs> I am not necessarily <laughs> okay. on the NTP side of things. And right. in the past, I've this, been like, this, oh, this, you You know what, jerks. this means Rim's back is against the wall. Yeah. And it's just, but it's absolutely ridiculous. Like the NTP has said all along, yeah, you know what? If we're going to come and shut you down, which I also think would be totally impractical and stupid in the extreme, but they said all along, we're happy to provide an exception for the government and we're not going to make the feds give up their blackberries, just everybody else, which on its own is also ridiculous. You know what? You guys need to get in a room figured out. Pay, pay each other a bunch of freaking money and leave BlackBerry out of it. Now, you know what? Agriculture, manufacturing, what? you know, PCs. Man, even PCs manufacturing, if you want to get technological, there's a lot of other cornerstones to the U.S. economy. Yeah, I think so. Outside of the, even outside just of outside the of the technology Blackberry. world. Yeah. Plus, the, another thing I love is that RIM keeps saying that they have a software workaround so that they could continue their service without affecting or without impinging on the patent, infringing no. on the well, patent. There we go. We have a solution. But they have never put it into place. Yeah. Well, so presumably they don't really have a solution. And wasn't one of the patents in question thrown out recently by the patent office anyway? This well, but that you know ridiculous. what? That, no, 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 no. I think the reason for that, if I remember correctly, was the patent office does that when they want you to defend the patent. So if there's a question mm-hmm. about a patent, they throw it out and make you redefend it. It doesn't mean that the patent is declared invalid. Oh, it means that hey, there's a question about this patent, so we're going to force NTP to redefend it so that we can get clarification. I, see. I remember reading that. So. You know, it's a little, it's a little bit easy to misunderstand that. But. NTP, by the way, says no one has any right to complain if BlackBerry shut down because the prospect of such a suspension has been widely discussed for more than two years. Well, BlackBerry is not going to implement no a really workaround until happen. the case is over, right? They're not going to implement because if they did, they because they would, well, done. yeah, they yeah. would be essentially admitting that they yeah. infringed on the patents in the first place. But if it would just make the freaking case go away, and they wouldn't risk the possibility that I mean, people have got to be defecting from BlackBerry at this point. If I had one. I'd be starting to look at a trio. Yeah. Because I'd be like, look, I don't know where this is going to go, but I don't need to. Can you be watch with video on a Blackberry? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, I guess the new ones have color screens. What does that have to do with anything? Well, because I'm trying to transition into the next Bill Maher story. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't always have to have a segue. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was tough. You could just say like, Molly, shh. Yeah, but you can do more with a trio, actually. That's. <laughs> yeah. Than you can with a Blackberry. It's cooler. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bill Maher is going to go live on Amazon doing his own little show about books and stuff. Yeah, half hour show called Amazon Fishbowl, and it will be an online only show. This is kind of interesting because Amazon has made like little forays into online video here and there, and most of them have failed, right? They had that Amazon Films thing, which everybody just made fun of. Yeah. Um, but now they're trying it with, you know, a bigger name, and it'll be an actual program. He's not a tall man, though, so it'll work. He can fit in that <laughs> small screen. I can't watch anything online. 
nothing. Yeah. Nothing? Really? I can't watch. I can't watch uh, Motherload. I can't watch anything from Comedy Central. I can't watch anything from MTV. Oh, because you're on a Mac. Yeah. Oh, well there you go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you just meant you didn't like. I can, it. Watch, I can watch CNET videos. You can watch, yeah. Yeah. watch CNET videos. Her boss points. Let's out. be clear. <laughs> yeah. You can watch CNET videos. I can in fact watch CNET videos. So I, I thought you meant you just couldn't watch it because you just didn't like sitting. I mean, me. I don't want to. I'm. I have a nice um, couch in front of my TV. And then I have a fairly uncomfortable no, no, no. But, okay. office chair example, in front of my pooter. Example, <laughs> I was watching Maid. I was watching Maid on MTV. I'm not listening and they were doing to. that thing about that really dorky girl who's going to like um, water ski or whatever she was doing. Uh-huh. I wanted to know if she kept with it. And so they had a, they had a thing afterwards, like a follow-up Go to the web. on the web. And right. I was like, you know what? I'd like to know how she did. Yeah. No, couldn't watch it. Why not? Uh, what format was it in? It, yeah. It's, it doesn't even work for Windows <sighs> Media Player for Mac. Oh, okay. Just, like nothing. Just no good. It has a little Mac drawing with a sad face, you know, oh. the, the old school. <laughs> like oh, too bad nice. for you. Yeah. That's really yeah. nice. I was like, oh, that's Your that's entire really world offensive. has crashed. I wonder if it'll work on the Intel Macs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that'll make a difference because it's all OS 10 still. So It is all OS 10, but I thought I read a report recently of people installing. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Oh, people are installing all kinds the of crazy. The future will show. It'll be easier to port stuff, but will Microsoft do it? Like they just withdrew support basically for yeah, Windows Media Player. Exactly. So they're not going to keep making it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Real quickly, Universal finally get, catching on to this whole digital thing has realized they have hundreds of thousands of back catalog digital. songs that are not in release. These oh. are things like from the 70s and right. off tracks from Nirvana, stuff like that. Hey, we could digitize those and put them on the web. Brilliant. <laughs> what a great idea. Wow, you guys... Uh... No, no Maybe, details. You know of, what? This is the kind of thing that happens when you stop freaking out nonstop about losing all your money and then go, ooh, I bet we could actually, I don't know, find creative ways to make money yeah, exactly. in this crazy new economy. No details on huh. actually where they would be di- distributed, but Universal does have deals with iTunes and several of the other major uh, online downloading services. So good Final- for you, UMG. <laughs> Finally, real quick before we get to our voicemails, and we have many, uh, a new way to get to buy movie tickets online. A new ticketing system would allow users, this this is awesome, Mm -hmm. to have a ticket sent to their mobile phone via SMS in the form of a two-dimensional barcode. At the gate, you slide your mobile phone display showing the barcode by a barcode reader, and in you go. I like it. I dig it. Easy to forge, too. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know? uh, What about assigned seating? Would you actually, would you get a seat assignment then? And how would you prove it? Oh, see, it's on my phone and says I'm seat 20, row four. Oh, because it's events, not just movies? Well, it, I, I don't know. Oh, I'm yeah. They say, like they for, sort of I'm say thinking for baseball games or concerts. And yeah, stuff and like they that. do say it's tickets to events, receiving tickets to events, not yeah. the movies. Yeah, I don't know. Well, movies probably, movies sure actually get, works better because it's not a sign. So. I know, movies would actually work the best, but yeah. I'm sure you'd get an assigned seat just like you would if you bought an, a ticket and got it at Will, Will Call or something. All right. We've got a uh, call here from Paul in Palmyra, Virginia, taking us to task. Ain't funny, McGee. This is Paul from Palmyra, Virginia. According to the very article you quoted, the fee for uh, the Martin Luther King uh, speech is $10. Even the school systems can afford that. It's not greed. Get a life. <laughs> you you get a you, you, get you are ten right. dollars. Well, you know what? Paul's got a couple of good points here. It, it 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 we did we did sort of fail to mention that it, it yes. how much it was. And, yes. But you know what? But it, obviously, teachers two, feel that it's a burden. Well, and two things here. One, 
you have to buy more than one video cassette if you're a school, especially mm-hmm. a large school. And two, do you know how easy it is to spend money if you're a teacher? Mm-hmm. If you want to spend your own money, it's easy. Right. And ten dollars maybe not that big a deal. But if you if you want to get the school to pay for anything, it is a real pain. It is actually. And, a big and the deal. main point here is that the, I just feel like this should be in the public domain. And I don't want to take money away from the King family. They they definitely need it. But. Right. Well, I don't know if they need it. They deserve it. They had some financial hard times. It says that they in did. the article. Too. That's true. Okay, fine. We'll get a life. Actually, we totally won't. This is no. our life. This is our life, Paul. Unfortunately, Paul, you're looking at it. We live it. We love it. Moving on. Anonymous about uh, patent law. Hey, guys. Uh, I love CNET, but I got to call you to task on something. You guys were uh, pooping on uh, Solomon Technologies last week for a patent suit they have against Toyota and the Prius. And I don't know specifics about that, but um, you guys were saying, hey, these companies don't have real products. If you... you you might want to go to SolomonTechnologies.com. They're really a small, innovative company that's been working with electronic and, and hybrid um, drives for boats. Um, that's one thing. And the second thing is that, um, uh, you know, patent law, unfortunately, doesn't have any enforcement. You have to, if you have a patent, you have to enforce it. So it's not unreasonable for a small, little, innovative company to find out that Toyota's ripped them off. And I don't know the details. But, you know, like five years later in that. So all I would say is be careful who you poop on. I mean, pooping on stuff's important, and it should be left to the professionals like Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. All right. Thanks. Um, I don't know what his point was because I stopped listening after he <laughs> said I think he's poop. trying to say we're not as professional as Triumph <laughs> the Insult Dog. Is we that are what he's trying to say? totally um, as professional as Triumph the Insult Poop sure. Dog. Uh, no, you know what? I, I think really? maybe people misunderstood. We weren't trying to say Solomon Tech was a patent squatter. Right. We were just using this as a launching pad to go on Molly's normal rant about patent squatters. For <laughs> me to which poop is that on. They, which is that they exist. <laughs> <laughs> they exist, and then they come out of hiding and they poop on legitimate companies. Yeah. And in some cases, they are themselves legitimate companies. But either way, it creates a difficult situation for everyone that could be solved by possibly a little clearer patent law. That's and this, all I'm asking for. Okay. So if Solomon Tech actually has a product, then good on you. And right. a good point about small businesses not having to enforce it themselves. Yes. On to Charlie Craig, who had a disturbing experience in an Apple store. Hey, guys. It's Charlie Craig in Los Angeles. Uh, you were talking yesterday about the uh, about iTunes and Apple and the transmission of information. I thought it was interesting. I went to an Apple store uh, here in Pasadena this weekend and was buying something for my son for his nano. And uh, there's a huge line, as always, uh, people waiting to buy stuff. And there was a, an employee wandering around with a little handheld credit card reading device, and he, and he was offering you the opportunity of skipping the line and buying it right there from him if he used your credit card. And he said that he would then send uh, you a send your receipt via email, so I gave him my credit card. And uh, by just giving him the credit card, which is the credit card I use on the iTunes site uh, when I buy music, he put that in his scanner, and he had all my information, including my email address, right there in front of him, and I signed and moved on. So they're keeping that information and using it for everything they can, uh, and I think that's pretty interesting. Thanks. Still love the show. I've had I've done this before. They're actually. watching us. I actually saw this for the first time in the Apple Store um, this past weekend, and it was actually pretty funny because I was sort of making fun of the guy because they were saying, "Well, you could just scan your credit card now, and we'll email you the receipt." And he totally was like, "I don't 
don't know. Like, he seemed all uncomfortable. <laughs> and then I sort of made fun of him with my husband, like, oh, come on. Yeah, I'd rather wait in the line and then give him my credit card, you know? Yeah. But now that phone call actually is a little creepy. Well, but it, you know, it doesn't matter if you if you go up to the front, they've got it all. I mean, they tie your credit card information to your account right. in iTunes. It's not that big a deal. No. no you don't really, care when you're unusual. on iTunes that they have your email address and they email you your receipt. Why if do you we care in the store? Yeah, if we weren't also freaked out about privacy, we would actually think that was very handy. Yes, exactly. But they were like, oh, yeah, I have it right here. Uh, Marshall's got a good point about the Firefox uh, pinging security thing. Hey, um, it's Marshall. I just wanted to say congrats on reaching 1,000 on the Frapper mat, first of all. Uh, also, I was running SpyBot Search and Destroy, and I saw that iTunes uh, showed up on that with a link to their site and explaining um, how it was possibly spying on you. Uh, talking about spying, I, I wanted to say... Uh, with Firefox spying on you, since it's open source, I'm not too worried about it. I'm, I'm sure if it's really bad, someone will come out with an extension or something and uh, patch that up for us. So I just want to leave those, and uh, thank you for putting such a great show together. Yeah, he's right. Uh, totally. Of course. Somebody will just come out with an extension that'll squash the whole ping thing, yeah. and that'll be the end. That of it. is the good thing about open source. Don't like it? Fix it. Yeah. Love and it. Other people won't care. It's so personal responsibility. Now we have a call from Paul. His name is Paul. Hey, Tom and Molly. Uh, this is Paul, formerly known as Ron. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the show 24 on Fox, um, but I did see, because I was just watching the season premiere that was on a couple days ago, and I saw the main character, Jack Bauer, was using a Trail 650, and uh, I got pretty excited. So I'm just wondering if you saw that and if you watched the show, because it's uh, quality television. Um, so... Thanks for the podcast. Bye. Paul, I also noticed um, Jack Bauer on 24 using a Trio 650 in the awesome season opener. And I also noticed that Jack Bauer's 650 had an awesome uh, zoom capability on the camera that I wish mine had that. <laughs> and then um, another thing I noticed that was that in the next episode, like the night, the next night to our block, he then had like a random Motorola flip phone. So apparently Sprint and or Trio only pay, paid for product Wait, placement so this is in the season opener. Theoretically an hour later, he has yeah, a different he phone. Yeah, he has a totally different phone. <laughs> like then they capture him and they take his phone, spoiler alert, and uh, it's totally different. It's like it's too late for the spoiler alert. Flipphone.com. You've totally spoiled the fact that he has a flip phone. Oh no. <laughs> do they I show him, the whole Do show. they show him going into the store to get a new phone? <laughs> <laughs> and dealing, you know, sitting around for 20 minutes while they, you know, let me look up a service plan. Weirdly, no. Anyway, I uh, I'm that was, kind of in a hurry. I'm Jack Bauer. I thought that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> next up, a call from uh, Sven in Germany. Hi, Tom, Molly, and Veronica. This is Sven. I'm calling from Germany. Just the thing about the Bell South, um, prioritization of IP traffic um, in most modern backbones, um, the... Telephony is also digitized, and so you already have prioritization um, for important um, things like telephony. Uh, just wanted you to know that. Bye. Yes, that is true. It is already good prioritized point. and a good way to kind of poke a hole in the, the fear-mongering, basically, that Cuban had in his blog. Yes, prioritization will happen where it needs to. What we object to is the idea of leapfrogging over and charging content people and right. prioritizing. Internet traffic should just be prioritized on its own. According to need, which it currently yeah. is, as you point out, so ably. All right, one more. Wow, we had a lot of calls. One yeah, more from seriously. Rich in Kansas City. Hi, this is Rich from Kansas City, and I just listened to the podcast uh, where you were talking about the... Uh, Sprint deal with the GPS phone with the the baby in the car, 
And actually, I had read this on the the Channel Four uh, website. It had it had made it through the Google News site, and I'm a Sprint customer, so I sent it to my Sprint sales rep and uh, got what is uh, the official information back from Sprint. And as it turns out, it appears that it was the the uh, law enforcement uh, folks that did not follow policy and procedure and uh, and therefore uh, wasn't able to get the GPS information. It wasn't Sprint. Um, so you may want to check with Sprint now that you guys kind of worked yourself up into, into a frenzy and, and see what their official word is on it and not just take Channel 4's, uh, um, their word for it. Love the show. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> so we shouldn't believe everything mm-hmm. we hear unless it's from Sprint. Don't take Channel 4's word for it. Don't take Sprint's word for it. Yeah, of course, I, mean, of I mean, of course, that's what Sprint. Ma- maybe it's say. true, but of course, Sprint's going to say, "Well, actually, it wasn't our procedures." So, and also, really, you're going to be such a paper pencil pushing dork that you're going to be like, "Well, it was a procedure." No, 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 dude, yeah. it's a baby. The point in an SUV. is, something need to happen. Yes, everybody screwed up. Fine. Email from Bryce in Chicago. I had a question about the tiered broadband that we were just talking about in relation to Sven's call. Uh, he says, don't companies already charge different rates for different bandwidths already? He recalls when he was setting up his parents' cable connection that they had different price plans with different upload and download speeds, depending on how much you pay. He wanted some clarification. Yes. In fact, when you buy, this is our point, right? When you buy your service, you pay for a certain amount of speed level, right. you know, with DSL. And now if you have cable, it's it may be a little different. But with DSL, for sure, you can yeah. pick an upload and download plan. There you can packages. pick whether to have PPPOP or have a static IP address. You have all these different options. But that's where the charging should happen, at your place, not mm-hmm. at the backbone for companies. What's going on here well, is Well, and they're that not the, charging for speed. That It's a very different thing. Like, you're getting charged for different levels of speed and or service. For everything. For everything. What the backbones want to do is charge companies to have their content delivered faster over the internet. Right. This isn't about your speed at home. Yeah. Your speed at home is, I want to get this much speed for everything. And what the backbones want to do is say, even if you're paying for high speed... You're still going to get we're Google going to, a little we faster. We want to deliver companies that pay for it to you faster. Right. So you'll you, get Google a little faster as long as Google pays us. Yes, exactly. Which is just silly. So the, And that's what's silly about it. Uh, shout out to Kelly G. Ted in, I'm going to try this, Kekskemet Bekskiskun, Hungary. Awesome. Who's on that loud is a really good show. I enjoy it. Please keep up the good work. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, we will. <laughs> uh, you can get to our Frapper map, frapper.com slash buzz out loud. No E. It's up also, to 1025. Is it? Alex. <laughs> yes, Alex Brewer emailed us and pointed out that Thank it was up you, to 1001 by the time we actually recorded the podcast. Yes, awesome. Um, but uh, yes, you can email us, buzz at cnet.com, call us 1-800-616-CNET, and uh, get to our forums, forums.cnet.com, look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge, and we should be having a newsletter coming out soon. We Very took a, soon. We took, a fo- yes. we took a photo today. We yep. did. To put out. We look took many photos. For, look for that soon. We'll, we'll post details in the forum. Yep. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.